Girlfriends, episode number 38, Easy Ways to Add Prayer to Your Day. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. So what are we waiting for? Let's get started. Hey, girlfriends. Welcome to another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. I'm so glad you're joining me for this week's episode where we're talking about easy ways to add prayer to your daily life. But first, how are you doing? What's going on in your world? I love hearing from you. I love it even when you let me know the everyday kinds of things that are going on in your life. Uh, for our part here, we're moving into fall weather a little bit. It's kind of hot and humid today, but we had a beautiful, beautiful Saturday this past weekend where it was, oh, if it could be that weather year round, I would love it. Just kind of a little bit cool, dry air, beautiful sunshine, and I couldn't get anybody to go on a hike with me. So <laughs> I ended up running on my own, but... uh you know, I don't know what it is with my family. Why don't they love to hike the way that I love to hike? And we live in such a beautiful part of the world that um, my husband considers it like a special favor he's doing me if he comes along on a hike. But he did say for part of the kids' uh, science program this year, in the ones that were homeschooling, that he's planning some hikes. So I'm going to be sure to be a part of those. And if any of you live around me, Give me a call. I will hike with you in the beautiful, beautiful woods and trails of New Hampshire. And um, luckily, I can take my dog with me anytime. Apollo loves to go in the woods. The only problem is he loves it a little too much. The last time I took him on the trails, and we have nice trails, um, even marked trails, where our property, um, we're very fortunate in that it's adjacent to a uh, wildlife reserve. So it's really just a nice area that's protected lot of forest, just acres and acres and acres. And our town kind of did a little project a few years back where they marked trails through it. So I can just like step right off my property onto some marked trails, right into some beautiful New Hampshire woods. And I do that with the dog on occasion, but he gets so, especially this time of year, gets so excited just smelling stuff. His face is like on the ground the entire time and he's going like a mad dog. And of course I have him with a harness on a leash and he ends up just dragging me through the woods. And the last time I took him, I was really concerned that I was going to get hurt. Like I was trying to kind of jog through the woods to keep up with him. Uh, But there were a couple of times where he pulled me in another direction. And I'm like, he's either going to pull my shoulder out of joint, or he was going to pull me through an area where I was going to get tripped up or twist my ankle. I need him to be better behaved on a leash before we go in there. And he just forgets all rules. He's pretty good on the leash on the road. But when he gets in the woods and starts smelling everything he's smelling, he's crazy. Anyway, so I can bring the dog, but it seems like a health hazard sort of. Also, football season has started. Are you you football fans? Um, We are Steeler fans, diehard Steeler fans here in this house. I didn't grow up being fans of any particular team. My family didn't really watch professional sports, but then I married my husband, Dan, who is like um, insane, I guess you'd say, about NFL football. He loves it. He's in several fantasy leagues. He lives and breathes this stuff. And he's been a Steelers fan for as long as he's been watching football, which is like since he was three years old. Um, You know, 
in the seventies when he was little, there was, you know, they were a great team and he just really took to them then. And he's stuck with them through the years. Uh, we don't really root for the Patriots, although we live in new England. And uh, act, in fact, we actively root against the Patriots around here, but our team won this weekend. So we were happy and we had some friends over for that. And Eamon came home for the weekend. My son, who's at college um, just about an hour and a half away, was able to come home just for the game. Just, it was nice to kind of reconnect with him for a little bit. And, I did miss my Ambrose, though, who usually is here for the games, and I was making food and thinking of how he would have loved it, but he's off at college living his life and doing just fine. I promise not to cry anymore about that. I've I'm pretty much gotten that out of my system. I think I'm actually doing pretty well. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll stumble upon something that reminds me of him or reminds me of the fact that I'm missing him, and that really gets me. But for the most part, I'm doing okay. And I'm glad he is where he is. He's doing great. Also, we're full swing in cross country season. We are runners here. Um, I've got two kids on the high school cross country uh, team this season. Uh, My Steven and Juliet, who are freshmen and a junior at our local high school. And um, they had a meet on Saturday and, uh, you know, fall in New England is just so perfect for running that I have such great memories of myself on the cross country team many, many more years ago than I care to admit. But, um, and the funny thing is my husband, Dan was on the team with me because we went to high school together. And so we have those nice memories and I love that my kids are continuing to do it. And if you listened to the podcast uh, several weeks back where I interviewed Mary Beth Hicks, the two of us talked about cross country and how much we love the kinds of friends that our kids meet and get to know and the kinds of friends they make through cross country. They're just maybe nerds. I don't know. They're awesome kids. They're smart and they're, they're sweet and they're funny and um, hardworking and loyal. I, I love the kind, I mean, of course that's not a guarantee, but I do love the kinds of kids that tend to run on the cross country team. So I'm always really happy to have my kids take part in that sport and um, meet other kids who are like them. It's been a real blessing for our family. But anyway, getting to this week's topic, um, we're talking about easy ways to add prayer to your day. Who doesn't need to do this? I mean, you know, this weekend, uh, I had a girlfriend here. Actually, she was over to watch the Steelers game with her family. And we were talking about family prayer time, personal prayer time, and, and you know, how it's so hard to get it get it in your days and how busy we are. And then, you know, at one point, we both just paused and we're like, you know, let's just admit it. it we're being lazy. Like, it's spiritual laziness, the fact that we're not getting this done, the fact that we're not making it a bigger priority, that, you know, you can intellectually recognize that it's a priority for you and you want it to be and it is for your family, um, but then you don't make it happen. And it's just a certain level of, uh, you know, on my part, I I will only speak for myself, but it is laziness, the fact that I'm not doing it. I'm, I prefer to do other things. I'd rather scroll through Twitter than, um, you know, spend some time in prayer sometimes. So that's something that I've been working on personally. Personally, and I want to encourage you to do the same because there's always room for improvement. And I just was giving thought to some easy ways to add prayer to your day. Um, I'm going to preface this by saying you need time that is set aside for prayer in your days. If you don't have that, that's something that you should address. And I don't mean hours. I mean, you know, five minutes in the morning before the kids get up or after the kids got have gotten up, if you lock your door or however you can do it. If at noontime you're able to um, run out and go, you know, sit in a chapel and that kind of quiet you need in your life. Um, I, it's not okay if you're not getting that on a regular basis. You need the kind of connection that 
we naturally are built for with our creator. You need that. And I need it too. So I'm not talking about that. Maybe that's a future podcast, finding ways to um, make time for prayer in your days. But for me, uh, I don't need to find ways to make time for that kind of prayer in my life. Yes, some days are busier than others. It's always a challenge to find time for um, all the different obligations and activities that I have in a day. But really, for me, it's just about doing it. Like, really? Are, are you going to spend that 10 minutes uh, on your computer, you know, answering emails? Or are you going to spend that 10 minutes in, in prayer in the morning? Are you going to make that effort? And and for me, it's just a matter of doing it. It's not a matter of finding the time. I can find the time. I find time for so many less worthwhile things every day. You know, uh, I'll make time every day to put makeup on, you know, uh, but I'm not prioritizing my relationship with the Lord. No excuse for that. So I'm not talking about that kind of prayer, which we all should have, at least at some minimal level in our lives. But I'm talking about some kind of creative ways, um, you know, not crazy creative, but some ideas that you might not have thought of. I'm hoping to kind of inspire you a little bit to pray some more throughout your day, kind of uh, foster that relationship with God that we all should and do want to have inside of our daily lives. And so the first one I want to talk about is praying a morning offering. Do you do this? I do this in the morning before I even get out of bed. I try to make it the the first thought I have in the day is to offer my day to God, to Jesus, and like make that, just say good morning to God. You know, it doesn't have to be fancy. I happen to have one that's memorized from my childhood, and I can put it in the show notes. But there are a lot of different ones out there. You can find one that suits you. You can think of your own, or you can just use your own words. You know, just... Good morning, God. Thank you for another day. Um, I Please be with me today. Please remind me of your presence today. Basic ideas like that. But then the idea of offering, the morning offering, it's kind of uh, a foreign notion to some people, even to some Catholics today, which is sad. The idea that we're supposed to be offering ourselves and offering every minute of our days to God. Everything that we ever do or think or say, the good and the bad and the ugly, everything we experience, we're meant to be giving it back to God. And so the morning offering is kind of an official way that you can do that. Remind yourself right at the start of your day, everything that happens today, I accept it, Lord, and I give it to you. I accept it for you. I give it to you. I offer it up to you. And, you know, some of the the more formal ones will say, you know, in union with the holy sacrifice of the mass, in reparation for sins, for the intentions of friends and relatives, that sort of thing. Um, You know, so if you're you're not going to memorize one, I find it's helpful to have one memorized just because then I don't have an excuse and my mind won't wander off as I'm trying to formulate my own thoughts and words to God, especially first thing in the morning when I've just hit the alarm and I'm pretty groggy. But to have one memorized and just focus on what those words mean and focus on that intention of giving your day to God, I find is so fruitful. You know, this is like bare minimum stuff. You know, we can do this. You can spend the first few thoughts of your day with God in thought, in prayer, and giving him your day. And the beauty of it is, even if you don't think about it again, you've offered up your day to God. You've you've sanctified everything that you're going to do, everything that you're going to suffer and experience. Some horrible thing happens to you, and you don't have the holiness in the moment to think, oh God, this is for you, I'm offering this up for you. You've already done it. You're covered. You know, And I find that's helpful. But then another practice that I, I try to use is during my day, if there's something especially difficult, something um, that frankly stinks in some way, shape or form, if I'm in pain, if physically or emotionally or disappointed, 
in those moments, I, I repeat my morning offering, or I try to, because I'm reminding myself I'm giving all of this to you, God. And it's a nice to have it memorized, because then you're not trying to force yourself to come up with the words like, I'm giving this to you, Jesus, even, you know, when it's really hard to say those things. When, when we're suffering, or when we're disappointed or upset, it can be hard to formulate those words, formulate those thoughts. So it's nice to have a ready-made version, ready to go, and just, you know, focus on the meaning of that and, and do your best to um, really intend it as you're praying it. So that's the first one, a morning offering. The second idea that I have is is not a new one, and it's certainly not original to me, but it's attaching prayer to your daily activities. This is something that I find is really helpful because we all do the same sorts of things every day. Maybe uh, you're part of a, a carpool in the morning with your kids. Maybe uh, you commute to work. That's an awesome time to add some prayer. If you attach prayer to that, it doesn't have to be a big deal. You don't have to be saying an entire rosary. Do that. That's great if you can. Um, but if if you're not able to, you know, like for me, the, um, I use an app that has some prayers on it that kind of helps me to pray. So if I'm alone in the car and I'll, I'll do this frequently during a, a morning drive when I'm taking kids to school or, or bringing kids uh, or driving back after I've dropped kids off from school and I'm by myself, I'll pray a Divine Mercy Chaplet. And I have an app that helps me. Actually, I use the Relevant Radio app that does that. It's got some great prayers that are just ready to go on it. You just hit the tab and um, the recording kind of leads you through the prayer. So you don't have to have anything that you're fussing with while you're driving or whatever. Um, so I find that's helpful because that's just attached to that that part of my day, which I'm going to be doing anyway. I'm going to be sitting in the car by myself. Might as well make it fruitful in some way. Um, but, you know, maybe in a more general sense, you could just focus on like you know, as you're preparing breakfast or, you know, some morning chore that you do, focus on prayers of gratitude during that time of the day or um, using like a time that you, anytime you fold laundry, I know somebody who does this especially, who makes uh, petition prayers of for particular family members as she folds their laundry. So as you're folding each person's laundry, um, you would be praying for that person in particular in your life. And uh, that's a really nice way to kind of remind yourself to pray. We're all going to end up folding laundry anyway. So, um, but whatever it is, whatever mundane activities you have, whether it's washing dishes or, um, you know, feeding your animals or whatever it is you're doing on a daily basis, think of a way that you could attach prayer to it. I remember when the kids were little, um, there was one part, especially during their bedtime routine, where I especially just loathed this part of the bedtime routine. Um, it was it was after the kids had gone to bed that, uh, this is so weird I, that I'm remembering this now. Anyway, after the kids had gone to bed, I had one or two different children at different times in my life that would need me to get them up again to go to the bathroom when I was going to bed because otherwise they would wet the bed. <laughs> So like at 11 or 12 or whenever I was going to bed, like they'd go potty before they go to bed. And then when I'm going to bed and I'm exhausted and I'm tired, I had that chore that I hated of getting them out of bed. These And because they they hated it, you know, they're asleep and I'm waking them up and trying to make them go to the bathroom. And it was su- such a thing that I came to dread so much because it was at a time of the day where I was tired and they were resistant to it. And then I attached, and I don't even know why I did this. I, I forget why. I think I just wanted to remember to pray for my uh, husband's grandmother, who I knew really well uh, before she died years ago. And I just, you know, was feeling bad that I wasn't praying for her on a regular basis. And so I attached 
her to that horrible chore. And each night as I went to do it, I kind of had a renewed attitude of resignation to it. And I wasn't fighting it so much uh, because I was thinking I'm, I'm offering this up for Grammy Bean. And it, I felt that that connection to prayer during that time and would very prayerfully offer up that stupid chore. And it's it's so dumb. I mean, you know, I look at it now and I'm like, big deal. But I know it was a big deal. And I know that you young moms who are still in the throes of small kids and that real, very real physical exhaustion of that stage of life, that is real. The struggle is real. I am not going to belittle it and poo-poo it at all because I know how much it was, you know, small things like that, that from the outside don't look like a big deal, especially after the fact or when now I'm living a life that's separate from that and not quite so challenging in those very physical, physically exhausting ways that it was back then. Anyway, there might be something like that that you hate in your daily routine that you're going to have to do anyway. Maybe remember to pray for someone or pray for a particular intention and offer it up for that intention. You're going to have to do it anyway. Make it worth your while. So um, that's just uh, another way that you can kind of um, attach prayer to daily activities. Um, The third idea that I wanted to share was to use music. You know, people have different levels of musical interest and talents and skills, but we all do respond spiritually to music. And, you know, spiritual music can be a great aid in our prayer lives. And by adding some of it to your day, you can add prayer to your day in a way that's very enjoyable and inspiring to you and encouraging even. So, you know, I don't know what kind you like. There's all kinds of uh, spiritual music, whether you like classical music or Gregorian chant, or you like the typical worship and praise music that's on, you know, Christian radio stations, whatever it is, put some on sometimes. Um, I tend to do this when I'm doing chores, uh, something that I'm going to be, you know, sitting, maybe chopping vegetables, at the, you know, for dinner, or if I'm folding laundry or washing, you know, or, you know, cleaning a bathroom or especially when I'm running, I I have the Spotify app. And I did make that investment of paying each month so that I can get it without ads and uninterrupted music and um, make my own playlists and download everything. So it's really great. I love my Spotify app. And I will use it to make like a Christian radio station or a radio station um, based on an artist that I like, like Audrey Asad, who's just, you know, a beautiful Catholic artist. And um, that way you can get really tailored music to what your tastes are. And I find that I just very naturally start reflecting on spiritual topics if you're listening to spiritual music. And, you know, pick the kind that suits your mood or the kind that you you tend to prefer. And whether you sing along or not, you know, you can have your your heart and your mind um, connecting with the lyrics and with the music. And it it can be a, a beautiful, prayerful experience. And it's nice to add music to any part of your day, whether you're driving or doing chores or whatever it is. Um, So that's another kind of creative way um, that maybe you hadn't considered before to add some music to your day and add prayer through that music. The fourth way I want to mention is um, one practice that I have done for a few years now, and I guess I can take credit for this. Not that it's ingenious, but um, I kind of made this up myself. Um, I was having trouble during just my regular prayer times praying for everybody in my family that I wanted to pray for. It was it was getting so that I was like, I got to, especially in the evening or something, or if I was praying as I was falling asleep, trying to pray for various members of my family, 
which we all should be doing, of course. But I thought to myself, oh, I better, I better start with different, you know, start from the youngest kid to the oldest kid rather than the oldest kid to the youngest kid tonight because I'm not going to make it all the way through before I fall asleep. <laughs> or sometimes I would find myself getting distracted in my prayer, just, you know, t- praying to God about one particular kid and what their needs are. And, um, and sometimes that's appropriate because, you know, kids are going through different stages and they have different needs and sometimes they really need our prayer support and other times, um, you know, uh, other kids, not so much, of course they always do, but I mean, you know what I mean, that sometimes there's really something at the forefront of your mind that you want to be praying for, for a particular child. But I didn't like that. And so I I liked the idea of getting all the way through my list and having time to do that, even inside of the, the time that I set aside for prayer. So one thing that I, I started to do, um, and I don't do this all the time, but um, I regularly will pray for every member of my family and, uh, and extended family as well, whoever it is that's on my list of people that I want to pray for. And rather than just, you know, giving God a lecture about everything that that person needs and that I'm worried about and that I'm hoping for, for them. And, um, you know, which turns into paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs. I, I focus instead just very prayerfully considering one word for a petition that I want to make for that, that child or for my husband um, or for that family member. Just focus on like, what is one word? What is the, the one thing that I think this person needs? And, you know, with some of my kids, I, I would be, I would pray for their strength if I know they're going through a particular tough time or a challenging time at school or with their, their work. Um, or uh, sometimes I would pray for peace because I know they're, they're experiencing something that's disrupting them and um, causing them to feel upset. Or I might, I might pray for joy for them to have joy inside of their vocation as they're living it out. Um, you know, you know what the people in your life need most. And I found that that was a very good way to kind of focus my prayer was to pick one word for something that I want for somebody and, um, you know, various things that I've prayed for are, are confidence and healing and, um, you know, so whatever it is, because you, you know best and you know their situations, but I found that this was a really helpful way to focus my prayers on specifically what I wanted to ask God for, for a particular person in my life. And it, it really does, I think, work very well for the way that I, I like to pray. And I wanted and and I found that it was getting rid of some of that motherly guilt that I would have about focusing on praying and I might forget one of my other kids. And, you know, this kind of evened it all out. And not that our prayers always have to all be evened out all the time. But um, this was kind of a helpful way to make sure that I wouldn't I wasn't forgetting to pray for anybody. Nobody was slipping through the cracks or I wasn't kind of letting my mind wander off as I'm kind of, you know, giving God this prayer lecture about what my family needs. So that's something you might want to try. Just if you have a list of people that you like to pray for on a regular basis, maybe just try that sometime, praying one word, a one word petition prayer for each person that's on your list. And the final way I want to talk about adding prayer to your life, and this is another one of those things like the morning offering that's a traditional part of what we do as Catholics, and yet many of us don't know or don't do it. And that's an examination of conscience. Um, This is what you're you're uh, required to do before you go to confession is spend some time examining your conscience. And there are formal ways to do this. You can find all kinds of resources online. Um, You can also order physical books that will kind of walk you through an examination of your conscience, which really is just a walking through of the commandments and some promptings and some questions to ask yourself about ways in which you might have sinned, ways in which you might have fallen short of what God was calling you to do. 
And um, we really, it's a great practice and the church encourages us to practice this on a regular basis. And the end of each day is a wonderful time to kind of go through your day, think through your day. Um, And it's not just about sin. Maybe in going through your day and thinking through your day prayerfully, you'll think of ways in which you'd like to ask God for help. So in addition to uh, saying you're sorry for sin um, and asking God's forgiveness for ways in which you have hurt him. Maybe you're also asking God for his help in various situations, stuff that you might otherwise forget to pray for. If you kind of just roll through your day and make this a habit on a regular basis at the end of your day, then, you know, little situations will come out and you can even ask your guardian angel. I mean, how often do we think to pray to our guardian angels, by the way? I I try to on a regular basis, but I don't do it daily. Um, But they're always right there, ready to help you. So you might ask your guardian angel to prompt you, like, what, what in my day should I be praying over? What should I be praying about? What should I be sorry for? What should I be asking help for? What should I be giving thanks for? It's so important to be grateful. It's so important. You know, all the studies always show that the happiest people are the, are the grateful people, people who focus on gratitude and are positive in that way, even, even if their life circumstances aren't ideal and they're not perfect, that focusing on gratitude makes you a happier person. It makes you a more peaceful person. You're focusing on the good things that you have rather than always grasping for the things that you don't have or, or resenting the fact that other people have things that you don't. So an examination of conscience there, and like I said, there are official ones. I don't happen to have have one memorized. Um, I just kind of, um, in my my prayer time at the end of the day, will kind of walk myself through my day, remember the things that happened, ask God for the help that th- for things that uh, I need help with, the different people that I've come in contact with that day, problems I've encountered, and ask forgiveness for sins. So that's it. Those are my five. Um, easy ways to add prayer to your day. So running back through, adding a morning offering to your morning, attaching prayer to daily activities, using music to inspire you, uh, praying through your family one word at a time, and an examination of conscience. I'm sure there are other ways too, and I would love to be inspired by you. So if you have some ideas for ways to add easy forms of prayer to your day or inspire people to pray more often throughout their day, make it a more natural part of the the way in which we spend our time every day, please email me at danielle at daniellebean.com. I'd love to share it in a future podcast, or you can leave me voice feedback. Go to daniellebean.com and click on the little tab that says leave voice voicemail, I think is what it says, leave voicemail. It's a tab on the right-hand side of the page. Or you can connect with me through Voxer. And um, it's an easy way for you to leave voicemail for me. You can get the link to my Voxer account in the show notes for this week's episode at daniellebean.com. Hey, girlfriends, who are we talking to this week? It's time for an interview. Hello, everyone. It's a great day here at Girlfriends because we have the lovely Gina Lore joining us for some conversation. Gina Lore is a popular author and inspirational speaker and the mother of soon-to-be six children. She has just released her fifth book, The Church is Our Mother, Seven Ways She Inspires Us to Love, a project inspired by her audience with Pope Francis in October of 2013. Gina holds an MA in theology from Franciscan University of Steubenville and has taught theology at Marion University of Wisconsin, where she lives on a 600-acre dairy farm that has been in the Lore family for 135 years. 
Wow, that's a pretty awesome bio. Hi, Gina. Welcome to Girlfriends. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks, Danielle. It's my pleasure to talk with you. I don't know where to start. I mean, usually I ask people to share just a little bit more about what we learned in their bio, and I am equally pulled by the Pope Francis line <laughs> and the dairy farm. Oh, so. <laughs> yes. Two very interesting elements of my uh, my story there. Let's start with the dairy farm. Yeah, yeah. How, tell us about that. So it's funny because I have no farming history. I have no farming background. I grew up in suburbia in Ohio, mm-hmm. but I, I fell in love with and married a dairy farmer. So I now live in the middle of 600 acres of corn and about <laughs> 500 cows Wow! in southeastern Wisconsin. So yeah, you never know where God's going to take you. Yeah, that is so awesome. And so, and the kids, do you, do you all work on the farm or how does that work? We help out as we can. So it's it's a big enough production that there's actually a team of employees that do the the ins and outs of the, the milking and the cleaning and stuff like that. Um, the kids are excited to help as they can right now. It's harvest season. So my six-year-old son, Isaac, is as soon as he gets home from school, he's running into the chopper or the tractor with his dad or his uncle and um, the girls and I like to help take care of. There's a couple um, animals that live in a little barn right next to our house that we water and feed and that kind of thing. But wow. the day-to-day operations are in the hands of my husband, his two brothers, and their team of nine employees. Wow. That is pretty awesome. I mean, it, it sounds like a dream, you know? <laughs> people think of it that way. The reality of it has its beauty and its... Uh, it's dirt, so to speak. Yes, it, that was going to be. <laughs> that was going to be the next. I said, you know, having raised animals on a small scale here in New Hampshire, I'm like, there's also the poop side of it. Like, it's that's very real. It's not just an idyllic dream. <laughs> this is true. There's laundry that has to correspond to that, and the cleaning of floors and shoes and all the rest. But yep. nonetheless, being in the midst of God's nature, um, being surrounded by the sort of miracle of life and the reality of death, there's a lot of lessons here, and it is it is a great life. It's been in the family for a long, long time. So there's also a lot of rootedness and history right. about the whole thing, which is great i love it beautiful and i love milk and i love cheese so (laughs) we'll keep you in business (laughs) all right and then can you just explain a little bit about your audience with pope francis before we get started yeah i'd love to so um in october of 2013 i was invited to participate in a seminar with the pontifical council for the laity where they invited 100 women from around the world to come and talk about reflect on and discuss the themes from pope john paul ii's letter mulieris dignitatum on the dignity Mm -hmm. and vocation of women so we gathered together we had two days of reflection and then it all culminated with a private audience with pope francis which was it was amazing not just to be in his presence but it just happened that i had i had just finished the manuscript for my fourth book which was about pope francis it's called saint francis pope francis a common vision so i had been researching him he was newly elected and I'd been sort of developing these theories of who this man was, and then I got to be in his presence in person. I got to actually not just hear him speak and see him interact with us, but I got to go up and and speak with him. I had my four-month-old baby with me at the seminar. Gosh. And she she was actually born blind, um, oh. little Gianna. And so it was like this incredible hope and dream of mine as a mother that the Holy Father would pray a blessing over her. And I didn't know if it would happen. I didn't know if we would get to go up 
by him or if we would just listen to him talk or whatever, but we did we did get to have a personal encounter with him. It lasted about 60 seconds, but nonetheless. <laughs> exactly. And we told him, you know, about Gianna's issues and asked for a blessing. And it was so cool, Daniel, because, you know, you kind of expect like the the big papal sign of the cross over the head. And right. Kind of dramatic thing, but it wasn't that at all. He just, when I told him that, that she had this problem, you could see his face just change from this huge glowing smile into this look of concern and compassion for her. Oh. And he stepped forward and he laid his hands on her head and he just bowed his head and closed his eyes and prayed silently over her and um, kissed her. Wow. And it was so beautiful. It was a really awesome moment. It was totally like, it was like a mother's dream come true. I know. I'm getting teary eyed listening to this. No, it was an awesome moment. And I, um, you know, I, I just have to share the conclusion of this that, you know, it's, it's two years later now, three years, I guess, but Gianna's vision has gone from being legally blind to now being 2040, where she navigates the world so beautifully wow. that you would, you would never realize where she had started. Oh my gosh. So it's an awesome story. Now, many, many, many people have prayed for her, mm-hmm. not just Pope Francis. Right. I feel like that was part of God's telling me, she's in my hands. She's going to be okay. Look what I'm doing to bless her. She's going to be fine in it. It's been true. So that, wow. that's the end of that story. Very, very inspiring. I love it. That is so beautiful. And then um, from your audience with Pope Francis came this newest book um, that's out from Servant, right? Um, Correct. The, the Church is Our Mother, Seven Ways She Inspires Us to Love. So that's right. yeah. we'll put a link to that in the show notes so people can hear more about that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, because one of the things Pope Francis had talked about in that little audience with us was about the motherhood of the church. He said the church is mother. She's beautiful. Um, we mm-hmm. need to reflect more deeply into this. And so that's kind of how that project of thinking, okay, so what what does mother church really mean? And how does right. that relate to me as a mother and a woman? And anyway, that's, that's how that all came to be. Oh, perfect. Okay, great. Well, we're going to check that out. And um, yeah, especially since many of the people listening here at Girlfriends are moms themselves and um, are going to be very interested in the ways in which we can identify with our church as mother. So that's a Absolutely. beautiful theme and much needed in today's world. So thank you for writing that. My pleasure. All right. So now that we got all that interesting stuff out of the way, (laughs) we always ask the same questions to everybody who comes on Girlfriends. And we're going to do the same with you, Gina, if you're game. So first of all, can you tell us about a time when you really felt like you triumphed, whether it was personal or professional? Like, when did you first ever feel like a sense of accomplishment? So to, to feel triumph, that's a big, it's a dramatic word. And I was kind of thinking about like that's sort of like when you feel like a dream has come true Mm -hmm. and so I was thinking what what in my life was a moment where something I had really um, hoped for um, wished for whatever Mm -hmm. you know actually took place and um, I I think the best example of that in my life is when I had the opportunity to start teaching theology at the Catholic University here called Marion University of Wisconsin Mm -hmm. so the the thing that was awesome about this was that it had been a dream and kind of a goal of mine. I had gotten my master's degree in theology and really had a desire to teach theology at an upper level. Mm-hmm. But I knew I knew that that meant getting a PhD. And frankly, I wasn't real motivated for the world of academia, but I thought, 
okay, that's what I'm going to have to do right. if I want to accomplish my dream of teaching theology to university students. So I had gone through the process of beginning applications at schools and so forth, and I had come to Wisconsin for an interview at Marquette University mm-hmm. for the PhD in theology. <clears throat> it just happens to be that weekend that I met this dairy farmer from Wisconsin, <laughs> this, this Joe that I had never um, encountered before. And it was that weekend that things started switching a lot. I began, you know, dating and discerning this relationship with Joe and ultimately felt that God was inviting me to, to get married and to start a family and move to a dairy farm instead wow. of to get my PhD in theology. Those are two very so, different things. Yeah. Different. <laughs> and I had never expected, I mean, marriage had been on my radar, but not Wisconsin, not a dairy farm, you know, whatever. So, but I really felt strongly that's where God was leading me. And I felt like his invitation to go in this direction included a kind of sacrifice on my part, a kind of a surrender of that dream of mine to teach Mm -hmm. theology, you know? So I kind of was like, well, it's, it's one or the other. This is where God's leading me, I guess, you know, so much for that goal. So it, you know, it just kind of fell off my radar and it was about four years after I was married, I was pregnant with my third when I happened to notice that the university here was looking to hire an adjunct theology faculty member. And I thought, oh, what are the chances? I mean, I'm, you know, I don't have my PhD. I'm mm-hmm. a farmer's wife. You know, what What are the chances? But I thought, I'm just going to go ahead and apply for this position. And I prayed a novena to Our Lady of the Miraculous Medal. And, you know, wouldn't you know it, I was brought in for an interview. I got I got the job and and have had the awesome opportunity to teach university theology on a part-time basis that fits in with my family's schedule. Wow. It's like a triumph. It's like a dream come true. Like, wow, God, I thought I had given this all up. Right. And you just gave it back to me in this way I never, never would have imagined. Oh, my gosh. That's my story about that. I love that. And, you know, it it parallels exactly with a story that um, Roxanne Solonen shared on the podcast last week, where she she was a writer and did a very similar thing. Like, instead of pursuing a a book project, decided that she was being called to have another child and thought she Mm -hmm. was giving up one for the other. But God gives you all the things. He wants to give you all the things. He he just does it in these creative, unexpected ways. Right. It isn't like the way you would have charted the course. But Mm -hmm. when we follow his will, he just sort of surprises us, which is very encouraging. It is. And just to remember to to kind of trust in that, that we we see limitations where where God has none. And, you know, in our human understanding of things, we think that could never happen. Well, yes, it can. (laughs) Oh, so that is really a beautiful story and um, just a beautiful way that you shared it. And yeah, that's thank you for being open to God's will in that way. I think that's just such a beautiful example to all of us. Well, thank you. Okay, moving on to the ugly stuff. (laughs) Well, these are the things we learn from most, though. Um, Can you tell us about a mistake you once made? And what did you learn from that mistake, Gina? There have been many mistakes on many levels in many places, but um, I think one I'd like to share is actually just sort of trying to navigate that line between personal and professional Mm -hmm. um, values and commitment. So um, remembering back when my my first book came out, um, just a little while after I had had my first child, and so I kind of had these two new things on my plate right at the same time baby, you know, motherhood for the first time, still settling into my new life as a wife and living right. on the farm and stuff. And also my first book, I've been doing some writing, but the first actual, you know, published 
book came out shortly thereafter. And so I was real excited about the book and, and about being a mom too. And I was trying to find the balance with that, but, um, I over-focused on, on the book and the publicity and wanting to, you know, get my name out there and have people recognize what I was doing and, you know, bring Mm -hmm. me in to be a speaker, whatever. It was just, it was too important to me to the point where I remember these moments where I'd be sitting at my computer. I tried, I tried to have a blog for a while. I thought, you know, this is the way to do this. So I tried to be committed to writing regularly and, and um, doing this extra publicity for the book on top of the other freelance projects I was doing and stuff. I just remember my daughter, like just sitting at my feet, crying, begging for my attention, you know, in her Mm -hmm. own baby kind of way, grabbing onto my leg. And I remember having these feelings of frustration, like, get off of me. I'm busy. You're, you're in my way. You're bothering me. I Mm -hmm. wish you would just go take a nap. You know, (laughs) just these, these feelings that my daughter was in the way. Right. And, you know, it, I don't know exactly. I can't say there was some moment where I had some inspiration and I realized, but it just became clear to me over the course of a little bit of time. Like, this is a ridiculous battle to be having. I should not be conceiving of my child as being a burden. Mm-hmm. She is my primary focus. She's my vocation. And so um, I think I learned from that that I always have to make sure that my vocation as a wife and mom comes first, mm-hmm. that the things I want to do to promote my work or to be you know, more connected in the world or whatever, it really has to go, it really has to go in second place because – um, that's not ultimately what I'm here to do. It's not ultimately um, what my children need from me. So right. since then, I've I've um, been very cautious about how much I take on and how much I agree to do. And I've tried to let go of that desire to to promote myself and my work and just kind of put it in God's hands. And right. It's been it's been much better for me. I know different people have different ways of handling these things, but for me, I've done a lot less get out of my way child you're you're you know blocking me from progress here and a lot more realizing that that's really where I'm supposed to be focusing my attention right oh that's a beautiful example and I think one that many moms especially those who try to balance work and family as so many of us do in many different and actually unique ways in today's world um I think more and more of us are are doing that kind of balancing act. And, you know, even some of us who never anticipated doing that balancing act, myself included, that, um, that, you know, and it's, it's kind of a messy process when you're trying to figure out that appropriate balance. It is. is. And I think especially, at least in my experience, working from home, some people think, oh, what a fabulous thing you can do your work, you know, you have your own home office and Mm -hmm. go do your writing. But it's a huge challenge because the the kids are there on your toes, you know. I know. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I always say about working from home, too. It's like, um, you're always, you're, you're always working, and you're always not working. You're always present to your family, and you're always not present to your family. Like, it's, it's a very strange combination. And each family needs to figure out what, you know, that best balance is, and each mom does. But um, I think we're really blessed to have the opportunities that we have. Um, But I I love that revelation that you had, like, you know, feeling like your child is in the way of your goals. That's a problem. There's a warning sign. Yes. And I think we can all relate to those feelings, though, because especially in today's world, um, and and especially in the world of writing, where you feel like you need to be kind of self-promoting to to find any kind of success, there's that FOMO, that fear of missing out, like, you know, Mm -hmm. just, and it's so important to just trust that you are where you're meant to be, that you're, you know, being faithful to your vocation, and that's what God intends, and that those opportunities are going to come. I know I personally have said no to things 
things that it killed me to say no to. And I was so sure this is such a mistake. I'm going to miss out on everything because I'm saying no. And God had something else much better in mind. I just, you you don't see that whole picture. Right. Absolutely. So important to know. And especially young moms who are figuring out that balance, you know, I think they need support and, you know, encouragement from from women who've who've been doing it for a while because it's a very confusing time. And I'm I'm always telling young moms, especially like, you don't even know who you are as a mom yet. Like, you know, they've got a nine month old. Like, you don't even know yet what you are, like how how important you are. Yeah. Yeah. And what a huge job this is. And they're, you know, already, you know, feeling worried that they're going to miss out on some other thing. But, you know, one thing at a time. And God's got a great big plan. We only see one little instant of it at a time. So, so important. All right. Well, real quick, before we move on to our lightning round, I want to get um, from you. Can you share with us, Gina, what's the best advice you ever received? Who gave it to you and how do you try to use it? The one piece of advice that just has stuck in my head since I was a kid is what my dad used to always say to me and my brothers when we were walking out the door to school. He would, you know, have a good day. See you later. Don't forget, distinguish yourself. Ooh. Distinguish yourself is what he said. And what it meant was do the best you can do at everything that you take on academically, socially, spiritually. But it also, we we knew that it had this moral element to it. Distinguish yourself morally. Be the one when everybody else is picking on a kid. Be the one who's his friend. Wow. Be the one who distinguishes herself by not cheating on her homework. Be the one who distinguishes herself Mm -hmm. by being different when everybody else is giving in to peer pressure. And that... That has really stuck out with me as sort of a basic principle to live by. Distinguish yourself by doing what's right. And I still, you know, it still stays with me. I feel sometimes like, okay, I have to remember, it's good to be different. It's good to be distinguished, even though I feel like a weird countercultural Catholic lady <laughs> sometimes with a big family and, yep. you know, rosary on my van. Like, it's, it's, um, it's important to have the courage to do that and realize that setting yourself apart for God is, is what our call to holiness really is. Right. Oh, that is such great advice. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of a conversation that's been going around on Facebook recently where moms have been talking about, like, don't worry about what what school your kid's going to get into or if your kid's mm. going to, you know, get into a good college or have a good career or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. worry about whether or not your kid's the one that, you know, is befriending a lonely kid in their class. Right. Like, Absolutely. Whether or not they're the one that's willing to stay stand out in that way and mm-hmm. so it's mm-hmm. such an important reminder and you know for ourselves too like it's not about being successful it's not about right. raising successful kids it's mm-hmm. about raising good people and being good people so right. such yeah. an important reminder thank you Gina's dad he's advising all of us now i love it okay well gina we've come to the point where we do our lightning round and i try to make people nervous for this but um (laughs) i'll try to be nervous try to be nervous okay just 60 seconds of some fast fun questions where we can maybe get to know you a little bit better so if you're ready here we go this is gina lore's lightning round on the girlfriends podcast okay gina what is one thing that has surprised you most about being a mom Oh, how quick I am to lose my patience and mm-hmm. to lose my temper. This is not something I struggled with pre-children. Mm-hmm. It is something that um, I realize I am constantly being called to develop the virtue of patience. Oh, all of us. Yeah. Okay. In rare moment alone, what guilty pleasure do you indulge in? Oh, chocolate. <laughs> um, and it, I don't have to be alone to indulge in it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> It's your go-to. Oh, yes. Yep. Okay. What is something that we'll always find in your purse or bag? 
little dust bits from Cheerios that got <laughs> up that I try to take to church to keep my children quiet. It's always at the bottom of a whole layer of it. Oh my gosh. Okay, great. And last one. Years from now, St. Gina Lore will be the patron saint of what? Uh, okay. Uh, farm wives who are also writers that have large children and never thought they would find themselves in that position. Unexpected vocation, shall we call it? That? Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's okay. a good way to sum up all of those details. Great. Well, you survived. That was a great lightning round. I think we enjoyed that. And um, yeah, we'll be we'll be praying to Saint Gina Lore in all of our unexpected vocations in the years to there come. We go. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. But before we have to say goodbye, Gina, maybe is there something that you're working on now? Something you want to give a shout out about? What are you excited about? You know, I just have to say the release of my new book, um, The Church is Our Mother, mm-hmm. Seven Ways She Inspires Us to Love. That's that's really just come out very fresh. So that's what's on my radar right now that I'm wanting to share with people. And I hope that people um, can get as much out of that project as I did, thinking about how our motherhood is actually um, inspired by the motherhood of the church. Absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you for, for sharing that. And thank you for taking the time here today. But most of all, Thank you for everything you do. I mean, I, I love your writing and I, I love the work that you've produced inside of your books. But even more importantly, I love the example you set of a, a faithful woman who's not always getting it exactly right and willing to share that struggle along the way. Thank you. Yeah, God bless you. Many thanks to Gina Lore for spending some time with us. I really enjoyed our conversation and it made me realize, and other interviews have done the same, that one of the blessings for me of doing this podcast each week is that it gives me an excuse to talk to so many wonderful women, people whose work I admire and I might never have an excuse otherwise to reach out to them and say, hey, let's talk, let's have a conversation. And I love that it gives me that excuse and it it pushes me to do that each week. I think that's been a real blessing for me. And I hope that the guests that we have here have blessed you too with their various voices. I've got some real good ones that are coming up in future weeks and I'm always open to hearing your suggestions for who you might like to hear me talk to. It doesn't have to be a celebrity. I love talking to Catholic celebrities, but I don't have to do that. I love to have just a variety of of people with a variety of experiences. So if you know someone who um, maybe isn't an author, I mean, it's easy for me to think of authors and I know a lot of them and a lot of them are are ready and willing to share their their time um, on the podcast and they're, they're very verbal, so they love talking about things. But if you know somebody who has something particular to share that you maybe you'd like to have their voice represented or if you're thinking you know she never talks to a mom like me let me know what a mom like you is like and I I can work on finding somebody to kind of fill that spot because I want to be sure that this this podcast is speaking to women of all different walks of life from all different backgrounds and even all different faiths and different experiences different times in their family lives that um, I know I can't perfectly represent everybody but I, I sure do want to make an effort so let me know what your thoughts are with regard to guests and also topics here at Girlfriends. And speaking of letting me know, the great Sarah Reinhardt sent me some voicemail this week, um, giving me some feedback. So let's take a listen. Hey, Danielle, this is Sarah Reinhardt. I uh, was calling in because I wanted to just say thank you for that interview with Daria. Not only do those stories of her beating a rattlesnake sort of complete me because I 
I don't think I've actually met Daria in person, but I've worked with her over the years. And that just, I have a completely new picture of her and she is the most bad. I can't say that word on your podcast. She just became a tough woman way beyond what I thought she was. And now I so want to go like make the Daria Saki fan club and maybe be the like secretary of it or something. Anyway, that was a great interview. And I also wanted to bring up that comparing yourself thing and that guilt is something that I find in my own adventures as a mom and interacting with other women that that is just like, we all tend to say Catholic guilt. And that becomes the lazy thing we say is, Oh, Catholic guilt, this Catholic guilt, that. And actually I've told many people since my conversion um, from whatever I was to Catholicism, I am so grateful for Catholic guilt because I can do something about it. I can march myself off to confession. Thank you, God. The other kind of guilt isn't from God. And I think you did such a beautiful job of explaining that and pointing that out. And Daria also did a wonderful job um, pointing out how that is something we would live with our entire lives. And now you can hear in the background, the baby. Now I got to go deal with that toddler. Bye. Thank you, Sarah, for sending that. And thank you for using Voxer. If you'd like to use Voxer like Sarah did, you can check it out in the show notes at daniellebean.com. There's an easy link there to my profile, my account on Voxer, so we can get connected that way. It's an easy app that you can install on your phone and a super simple way to leave voicemail for each other. And thank you for also uh, talking about Daria's podcast interview because I loved that too. I just loved her image of her killing that rattlesnake pregnant woman, you know, on the head of the serpent. It's such a powerful thing. And she's a great lady. So yes, I will, I will sign up for the Daria Saki fan club. Once you get it going, I'd like to get a membership card and everything. Uh, but for people who might've missed that, it's a couple of episodes back. Um, I believe it's number 36 of the girlfriends podcast. You can check out that awesome interview with author, mom, grandma, extraordinaire, wildlife tamer, Daria Saki. So check that out. And some more feedback that I got this week was in the form of an iTunes review from Kristen Morand, who left a review at iTunes. So nice. She goes on and on about how much she loves the podcast and uh, looks forward to it each week. But I really liked that she pointed out that as a mom of three kids under four, hearing Danielle speak really makes me think I can do it while in the throes of this early motherhood stage. Thank you for saying that, Kristen, and I'm glad you're listening. And thank you for your kind review. Those reviews really help us to um, get the word out to share girlfriends with more people. More people will see it and hear about it if we can um, rank in iTunes and those reviews are a way that we can continue to do that. So I appreciate you taking the time to do that. And I'm glad for your feedback because that's really part of what I'm hoping to do here is I haven't got it all figured out yet, but I have experienced some things and have learned some things, mostly the hard way, but um, I'm willing to share that experience and I'm willing to share my perspective a little bit. And I'm hopeful that it is encouraging because I know that there's a lot of stuff out there that just weighs you down. And um, I know I consumed some of that media in my early stages of motherhood in ways that were damaging to my psyche and really kind of robbed me of joy in my motherhood and um, in ways that weren't necessary. Not that it was a miserable experience, but I wish I had avoided certain things. And um, I just want to kind of be a voice of encouragement for people out there. And um, I'm, I'm hopeful that we can do that through the guests that we have here at Girlfriends, but also in 
what I share each week. So thank you for that. If you've never left a review of Girlfriends and you do enjoy Girlfriends podcast, please help me get the word out. You can do it um, on iTunes if that's where you listen. You can leave a review there. Also hit that subscribe tab when you're there. I'd love to have you subscribe so that you never miss an episode of Girlfriends. Um, If you don't listen there, leave a review wherever you do listen. If you just listen online um, through the link that's on my blog each week, that's fine. And maybe think of a way that you could share it with somebody in your real life. Maybe tell a girlfriend about it. Maybe send a tweet about it. Maybe um, share on Facebook about a, a recent podcast that you enjoyed. Get Help me get the word out. I really appreciate that encouragement and support. Another form of encouragement and support that I received this week was a new Patreon supporter. I want to thank Tracy, who pledged her support for the Girlfriends podcast Um per episode. So you can do the same at patreon.com slash girlfriends. If you enjoy Girlfriends, if you want to encourage me to continue to produce this for free for everybody on a weekly basis, um, one way that you can really encourage me to do that and make me feel guilty if ever I would skip a week is to support um, through a pledge at Patreon. You can pledge as little as a dollar per episode. I do this for other podcasts that I enjoy. It's a great way to support people that are doing work that you enjoy and that you want to encourage them to continue. That doesn't have to break the bank. You can even set a monthly limit for um, how much you want to support and you'll never go over that. Even if I put out a thousand episodes in a month, which I am never going to do, it's a miracle. I can put out one per week. <laughs> so I'm never going to do more than that. Um, but Patreon is a great way that you can support people who are producing the kind of content that you want to see, that you can encourage that and help them to do it um, financially. So you can do that at patreon.com forward slash girlfriends. There's lots of information there about various levels of support and the kinds of benefits that you can get at each one. And just like that, we've come to the end of another episode Thank you so much. Thank you for your prayer support. Thank you for your feedback. Thank you for all the ways that you encourage and support me to do this little project each week. I love knowing that you're out there and I love hearing back from you about the ways that the show is benefiting you. The way it's benefiting me is by your presence here. I really appreciate the fact that you take time each week. Our time is precious and we have so little of it to spend on various media. And it means the world to me that you show up here each week and spend a little bit of time here with me. Thank you for being here. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a Danielle Bean production. Know your worth. Find your joy.